Hello, hi, this is Dr. Gitanjali Parekh and you have tuned into Spring of Light channels. Today's topic is an agoraphobia. Agoraphobia, as we have been talking about, uh, it's a kind of, it's a type of one of the anxiety disorders. So the term agoraphobia is derived from the two Greek words, that is agora and phobos. Agora means marketplace and phobos meaning fear. So agoraphobia is the fear of marketplace. The term agoraphobia was coined in 1871 to describe the condition of patients who were afraid to venture out alone into the public places. So agoraphobia refers to a fear of or anxiety regarding places from which escape might be difficult. It can be the most disabling of the phobias because it can significantly interfere with the person's ability to function in work and or social situations, that is, outside the home. So, agoraphobia is an example of irrational fear of situations. It is the commonest type of phobias encountered in clinical practice. Although earlier it was thought to be a fear of open spaces only, but however, it now includes not only fear of open spaces, but also public places, crowded places and any other place from where there is no easy escape to a safe place. In fact, the patient is afraid of all such places or situations from where escape may be perceived to be difficult or help may not be available easily or if or he or she suddenly has those embarrassing or incapacitating symptoms these incapacitating or embarrassing symptoms are the classical symptoms of the panic disorder they are mostly the symptoms of panic disorders which occur during this uh, situations these places so agoraphobia may occur with full-blown panic attack that is agoraphobia with panic disorder or only a few symptoms like dizziness or tachycardia that is your faster heartbeat and is referred to as agoraphobia without panic disorder now talking about the epidemiology every year approximately 1.7 percent of adolescents and adults have a diagnosis of agoraphobia females are twice as likely as males to experience agoraphobia agoraphobia may occur in childhood but incidences peaks in late adolescence and early adulthood 12 month prevalence in individuals older than 65 years is 0.4 percents prevalence rates do not appear to vary systematically across cultural racial and groups so it is not specified to certain age groups or you can say regarding a cultural racial groups it does means it's uh, you you can find it everywhere now, as a part of diagnosis and clinical features, we definitely would like to suggest DSM-5, that is a Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, 5th edition. Now, according to its the criteria, the A, 
that is the marked fear or anxiety about two or more of the following five situations that is using public transportations which can be automobiles buses trains ships planes etc being in open spaces example parking lots marketplaces bridges etc being in enclosed spaces like shops theaters cinemas standing in line or being in a crowd being outside of the home alone so if in any of these two situations the person feels anxious or desperate then definitely it could be a mark of agoraphobia b the individual fears or avoids these situations because of thoughts that escape might be difficult or help might not be available in the event of developing panic like symptoms or other incapacitating or embarrassing symptoms example fear of falling in the elderly fear of inconsistency fine so in case uh, these uh, there's a fallout the the people get anxious so the help might not be possible so uh, b symptom is thus then uh, according to the sixth criteria that is the agoraphobic situation almost always provoke fear or anxiety so if one is thinking about it or there's a situation like it then the person feels anxious because of that d the agoraphobic situations are actively avoided require the presence of a companion or an endowed and with intense fear or anxiety so they require always someone to be there with them in case some situation arises either fear or anxiety is out of proportion to the actual danger posed by the agoraphobic situations and to the socio cultural context f the fear anxiety or avoidance is persistent typically lasting for 6 months or more so if it is more than 6 months definitely it could be agoraphobia the fear anxiety or avoidance causes clinically significant distress or impairment in social occupational or other important areas of functioning h if other medical conditions example inflammatory bowel syndrome parkinson disease is present the fear anxiety or avoidance is clearly excessive i the fear anxiety or avoidance is not better explained by the symptoms of another mental disorder or for example the symptoms are not confined to specific phobia or situational type do not involve any social situation as in social anxiety disorder and are not related excessively to obsession as in obsessive compulsive disorder perceived defects or flaws in physical appearances as in body dysmorphic disorder reminders of traumatic events as in post traumatic disorder or fear of separation as in separation anxiety disorder fine so as i have told you so if these uh, it is not particular in particular situation or it is not obsessive in nature or it is not related to your body type or some past experiences then or fear of separation then it is if it is not related to all these things then it is definitely agoraphobia agoraphobia is diagnosed irrespective of the presence of panic disorder If a person's or individual's presentation meets criteria for panic disorder and agoraphobia, both diagnoses should be assigned. It's not that it could be either a panic disorder or agoraphobia; it could be both also. If there meets the conditions for both, then the both conditions are being put forward. Now, regarding the development and course, the majority of individuals with panic disorder show signs of anxiety and agoraphobia before the onset of panic disorder. 
In 2000 of all cases of agoraphobia, initial onset is before age of 35. This is a substantial incident risk in late adolescent and early adulthood with indication for a second high incidence risk phase after age 40 years. First onset in childhood was very rare. The overall mean age at uh, onset for agoraphobia is 17 years, although the age of onset without preceding panic attacks or panic disorder is 25 to 29 years. The course of agoraphobia is typically persistent and chronic. Complete emission is rare, that is only just 10% unless the agoraphobia is treated. With more severe agoraphobia, rates of full emission decrease, whereas rates of relapse and chronicity increases. Now let's talk about the risk and prognostic factors. So there are various risk and prognostic factors which lead to uh, these agoraphobic situations. The first is your temperamental, behavioral inhibition and neurotic disposition that is your negative affectivity, neurotism and anxiety uh, sensitivity are closely associated with agoraphobia but are relevant to most anxiety disorders that is phobic disorders, panic disorders, generalized anxiety disorder. Anxiety sensitivity and that is a disposition to believe the symptoms of anxiety are harmful is also a characteristic of individuals with agoraphobia. Second we have is the environmental factors. Environmentals may uh, we have is negative events in childhood. Expe uh, example you can have a separation, death of a parent or other stressful uh, life events such as being attacked or mugged are associated with the onset of agoraphobia. Furthermore, individuals with agoraphobia describe the family climate and child-rearing uh, behavior as being characterized by reduced warmth and increased overprotection. So, it is either a reduced warmth and it is overprotection. Then, we are, uh, third uh, factors as genetic and physiological. Heritability of agoraphobia is 61%. So, after various phobias, agoraphobia has the strongest and most specific associations with the genetic factors that represents proneness to phobias. As far as the comorbidity is concerned, the majority of individuals with agoraphobia also have other mental disorders. The most frequent additional diagnoses are other anxiety disorders, example specific phobias, panic disorders and social anxiety disorder. Depressive disorders, we have as major depressive disorder, PTSD and that is your post-traumatic stress disorder and alcohol use disorder. Whereas anxiety disorders, example separation anxiety disorders, specific phobias, panic disorders frequently precede onset of agoraphobia. Depressive disorders and substances uh, use disorder typically occurs secondary to agoraphobia. Now we go on to the treatment part. So there are two different types of therapies available for agoraphobic treatment and uh, the first is your pharmacotherapy and pharmacotherapy includes treatments using benzodiazepines, SSRIs and tri and tetracyclic uh, drugs. Benzodiazepines, uh, they are the most rapid onset of action against panics and some patients use them as needed when faced with phobic stimulus. Especially it is uh, alprolosam and lorazepam uh, are the most commonly prescribed benzodiazepines. Clozapam 
has also been shown to be effective. The major reservation among clinicians regarding the use of benzodiazepines are the potential of for dependence, the people that have developed the dependence upon it, cognitive impairment as well and abuse, particularly with long-term use. However, when used properly, appropriately under medical supervision, benzodiazepines are efficacious and generally well tolerated. The most common side effects are mild dizziness and sedations, both of which are generally attenuated by time or change of dose. Caution must be exercised when using heavy or dangerous machinery or when driving, especially when first starting the medication or when the dose has changed. SSRIs, that is your selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, have been shown to help reduce or prevent relapse from various forms of anxiety, including agoraphobia. The main advantages of SSRIs and or the other antidepressants include the improved safety profile in overdose and more tolerable side effect burdens. Common side effects of most SSRIs are sleep disturbances, drowsiness, lightheadedness, nausea, and diarrhea. Many of these adverse effects improve with continued use. Another commonly reported side effects of SSRIs is sexual dysfunction, that is decreased libido, delayed ejaculation in men, delayed orgasm in women. Another issue to be considered when prescribing an SSRI is the possibility of discontinuation syndrome if these medications are stopped abruptly. Commonly reported symptoms of these conditions, which tend to occur two to four days after medication cessations, include increased anxiety, irritability, cheerfulness, dizziness, or lightheadedness, malaise sleep disturbances and concentration difficulties. This discontinuation syndrome is most common among SSRIs with shorter half lives. Now we will talk about tricyclic and tetracyclic drugs. Although SSRIs are considered the first line agents for treatments of panic disorder with or without agoraphobia, the tricyclic drugs clomipramine and imipramine are the most effective in the treatment of these disorders. Dosages must be titrated slowly upward to avoid overstimulation that is your jetriness syndrome and the full clinical benefits require full dosage and may be not be achieved for 8 to 12 weeks the other adverse effects of these antidepressants are related to their effects of seizure threshold as well as anticholinergic and potentially harmful cardiac effects particularly in overdose the next uh, group of therapies includes the psychotherapies and it includes supportive, insight-oriented behavior, cognitive and virtual psychotherapies. Supportive. So the first psychotherapy that comes is that is your uh, supportive psychotherapy. In uh, the supportive psychotherapy, uh, the psychodynamic concepts are used and the therapeutic alliance to promote adaptive um, coping skills. Adaptive defenses are encouraged and strengthened and maladaptive ones are discouraged. The therapist assists in reality testing and may offer advice regarding behavior change, what all behavior changes one can uh, do so that uh, one is able to cope those uh, symptoms or those um, behavioral patterns in the easiest and best possible way. Next is your inside oriented psychotherapy. So in inside oriented psychotherapy, the goal is to increase the development 
of patients insight into the psychological conflicts that if unresolved can manifest as symptomatic behavior so it's uh, sometimes because there are some unresolved issues uh, which can uh, lead to such and such behavior during such and such conditions so for that purpose the inside oriented psychotherapy is used where the patient's insight is developed and why this behavior is done then there is behavior therapy in behavior therapy the basic assumption is that uh, change can occur without development of psychological insight into underlying causes so here uh, the person is it's not always necessary that you should have an insight uh, before or behavior uh, therapy based on this assumption if you just change your behavior also then also you can have this now for that um, there are various techniques like positive and negative reinforcement or like uh, the in some cases you are positively being rewarded for your good behavior and negatively for your uh, negative responses then there is systematic uh, desensitization the hierarchy is being prepared and accordingly so the flooding is there graded exposure response prevention is there various relaxation th techniques are there panic control therapy is being taught self monitoring is there and hypnosis lastly we uh, we will be discussing all these therapies in detail in future um, for timing uh, we will just take this much shortly uh, cognitive therapy now this is based on the premise that the maladaptive behavior is secondary to distortion in how people perceive themselves and how and in how other perceives them it is not only how i perceive myself but how others perceive myself treatment is in short uh, term and interactive with assigned homework and tasks to be performed between sessions that focus on Correcting distorted assumptions and cognitions. The emphasis is on confronting and examining situations that elicit interpersonal anxiety and associated mild depression. Lastly, we have is a virtual therapy. This is the most recent of all the psychotherapies, and uh, here the computer programs are developed, and um, they allow the patient to see themselves as an avatar, who are then placed in open or crowded spaces. Whichever situation the person is having this agoraphobia, so in that situation the uh, that avatar is being placed, and uh, the um, as they identify with the avatar in repeated uh, computer sessions, they are able to master the anxiety through deconditioning. Okay, in this situation, how I to react accordingly, they are being taught indirectly, it's an indirect way. So, that was all about agoraphobia. Hope you had a better understanding about it and uh, uh, you enjoyed it. And uh, if you liked it, please do. Um, share it and uh, subscribe to my this channel and be my subscriber or um, and if you enjoy reading articles the link to the, my article is being given in the description thank you thank you very much